Preparing for Purim is share number six. This is the final part for the share that began last week. If you haven't listened to the previous parts, do so now and then join us for the conclusion. To our great surprise, the holy man of God, Shmuel the prophet, agrees to return with King Shaul, even though he's told him that he's going to lose the kingdom. The Pasuk says, Vayashav Shmuel acharei Shaul, and Shmuel returned after or with Shaul, and Shaul bowed down to God. Furthermore, Shmuel himself actually participates in the ceremony, even though he doesn't appear to join in the sacrifices. Maybe he doesn't like the Kashra standards. Who knows? He does insist that he kill Agag instead of Shaul. In this manner, Shmuel attempts to attribute the glory of Agag's death to God and not to the king. Therefore, he wants to do the mitzvah himself as a representative of God. Most likely, this argument between Shmuel and Shaul took place backstage. No one saw it. The people may notice that there is some tension between the two leaders, but they don't overhear Shmuel's prophecy that Shaul will lose his kingdom. Shmuel goes home, and we are told they never see each other again. Tragically, Shmuel mourns his Talmud, his student, who has gone astray. Shaul, upset that his rebbe no longer understands him, continues to lead the Jewish people in the manner that he feels is correct. Shaul continues to believe that his actions were correct and Shmuel had exaggerated his condemnation. Therefore, Shaul doesn't accept Shmuel's prophecy that he'll lose his kingdom to someone more, more worthy. Many years later, as David rises to power, this prophecy may haunt him. But Shaul remains staunch in his belief that he is the king of Israel, just as Shmuel had promised. In the early days, it's only on the day before his death when Shaul finally realizes his mistake that he expresses those thoughts now that we have explained the positive nature of Shaul's actions so why is he punished to answer this difficulty we must return to our discussion of the inherent danger in the institution of monarchy even though Shaul's intention for making this public ceremony may have been noble its result was exactly the opposite of what Hashem intended. Imagine if the soldiers had come home empty-handed from fighting Amalek. The families would have asked, what happened? What did you do? Where are the spoils? Where's the booty? The dads would have said, no, this is, this is different. This is a different type of war. Despite his good intentions, Shaul's decision to celebrate the victory with a public ceremony would definitely impress upon the people that Shaul had defeated Amalek. But it would not be so clear that this war was special and the level of God's involvement. Because this proper balance between the king and Hashem is so crucial, the critical trait of the Jewish royal family must be their ability to forfeit their own honour in favour of the honour of Hashem. Instead, Shaul becomes obsessed with his own glory and as reflected by his statement, honour me, please, he begged his former mentor to give him honour. Even if, if his intentions were pure, he missed the point. Shaul loses his kingdom less so because of a specific sin, but more so because he lacked the necessary quality. Not listening to Hashem's specific command could be understood as the symptom of why he lost his kingdom and necessarily the reason. 
When David takes over and becomes king, he dedicates his life towards the preparation of Jerusalem to be the city of Hashem and prepares the material to build a house of Hashem that will symbolize the more ideal relationship between Hashem, the king, and his people. As David HaMalach consistently makes every effort to show his nation that he is merely a vassal king before God, the king of kings, he and his offspring are chosen to become the eternal royal family of the Jewish nation. Have a great day. A new theme, a new approach. Tomorrow, please God. Take care.